Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gays Are Revolting, a definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. Head over to Apple Podcasts to leave your rating and review and book tickets for our very first live show happening in February in Melbourne. You can also join our Facebook group by searching The Gays Are Revolting or follow us on Twitter at Gays Revolting or Instagram at Gays Revolting Pod. Hi! Hi! Hello! Welcome back, guys. Hey! Two weeks in a row, I four know, or five. It's crazy. This is crazy. Uncommon. <laughs> you listeners are really getting your money's worth on this <laughs> free podcast. We are joined by the man who couldn't find his way out of a wet paper bag, even if he tried, Kyle. Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know who that was going to be. Yeah. It could have been anyone. We also have Luke, who has now set the Guinness World Record for the oldest twink alive. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And Thomas, whose ass is so jealous with the amount of shit that comes out of his mouth. That's so true. It's true, but it's good to know how you feel about me. Jesus. Hi. I have a wet story for you. Oh, fuck. It's been a while, actually. I'm surprised we made it this long. Because it's like that little ticker on the the wall is like clicked over. How long have we gone without a wet on Wellington story? For those of you who haven't heard our previous episodes, wet on Wellington is a wonderful gay sauna in Melbourne where people go to fuck and sauna. And we're also surprisingly not sponsored by them yeah, by the well, way we just well, love talking about it we might be soon oh. <laughs> <laughs> no so I hadn't gone for a while because yeah. we talked about it on this ep- on this podcast so much that oh, people I went and God. people were like hey I like hey. the podcast <laughs> so I haven't been for quite a while so I went out and I got drunk and I was like <laughs> and I was like I'm so drunk I spilled yeah. wine all over myself I made the bartender give me a spare shirt from his bag oh, so <laughs> did you know the bartender yeah, no, vaguely <laughs> um, and uh, so I stumbled out the pills I, I've got I said to my mother, I've got to go home. They're like, it's 10.30. I was like, oh, I'm wasted. It was It was like two in the morning. Yeah. And I stumbled out of the peel and I was like, oh, well, well, Wellington's just a short walk down the road. So <laughs> yes. I went down there. And I got the in way. there. And so there's that foyer area that you go into the first yeah. door. You go into a foyer area before you pay money to go through to the paid mm-hmm. area. And there was like 15 people crammed into that area. I was like, well, what's going on? It's like yeah. the peasants are revolting. And uh, they were all like, <laughs> oh, the ATM's broken. So I was like, I'll look after this. <laughs> and I went up to the counter and I was like, sorry, um, I just wanted to pay for entry. But the ATM's broken Can I pay on card He's like No no We only take cash At the door I said That's alright You must be new Go to the bar down, <laughs> oh. Go to the bar Down the back <laughs> of the venue There's a, an FPOS machine there It's cordless You can bring it back here We'll <gasps> just pay With our cards Jesus. And he goes Oh no It's just that we Like that's for the uh, oh. The bar takes the money Through that But we can only Take cash at the yeah. door I was like I'm sure it'll be fine Like the ATM Because yeah. they've got an ATM Laying down the law like, You really <laughs> can't you got to go up the road I said I don't want to Pull rank here or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm Do you wait- know please keep I in am. mind I'm wasted and I never yeah. have never tried to oh do anything. I was like, look, a lot of the people here are probably here because I've talked about it. <laughs> one guy goes, Yeah, I'm here because of the gays revolt. Oh my god! Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, yeah, I still can't let you in. No, I, who like, I am. Okay. So I stepped out the front, I looked down oh. the road to how far away the ATM down the road was. I was like, fuck this, I'm not so I walked back in, everyone's yeah. still standing in that foyer, and I just ripped the out of order sign Stop. off the um right. ATM and I put my car into it yeah. and I tried to get 20 bucks out it wouldn't work I tried to get 50 bucks out 
it did work. Oh. So I said, don't worry, everyone. It's fine. You just can't get 20s out, but you can get 50s yeah. out. And everyone, like, applauded. Oh, my God. <laughs> and yes. so everyone, like, paid their entry and went in. And then everyone was buying me drinks. And Amazing. I was like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. Not all heroes wear capes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Some of them wear towels. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> but then later in the night, I'm walking around upstairs. And, like, people kept yeah. saying to me, oh, love the latest episode. And someone was like, I know you're uncut under that towel. Oh, my God. Last episode and stuff. Basically, what I'm saying is I'm going to have to quit this podcast yeah. because I go to Went on Wellington for anonymous sex in dark yeah. rooms so they can have guilt-free fuck fests. Yeah. And Dear now God, people... You just have to start wearing a mask or something. Yeah. Go in disguise. Well, Dye I'm, your getting, hair. I'm <laughs> getting really fit because I've never been that before, so no one will recognize yeah. me when I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Who else embarrassed themselves this week? Yeah, me always. Yeah. <laughs> Every what day. What you do now, <laughs> This week was pretty low-key. I home-waxed my butthole. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. How because did that go? I've seen a photo of your butthole. That's a no-mean feat. Because yeah. <laughs> hunting season the forbidden is... <laughs> There's a wabbit. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So I just tried those weird strip things. But the last time I did it, I knew that you have to be in a certain spread eagle position. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Which requires, like, a second person to do... Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> poor JB. JB. <laughs> it wasn't JB this time, but it was Shocker. still very uncomfortable. Who? Who What's the person? You? I'm just going to say a very helpful member of the community. Someone, oh. some poor guy, off, <laughs> some poor guy off grinders come over yeah. and like, okay, I'm ready to fuck, and you're just like, well, my kink is guys are waxing my ass. <laughs> yeah, good, that's poor the Uber for me. Eats <laughs> delivery guy. <laughs> and I'm very happy to say that we are joined by Andrew Rogers, LGBT plus elder and self-described quiet activist. Andrew, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, guys, for having me. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. (laughs) We're thrilled to have you here. Um, I want to start by asking you about the Coming Back Out Ball. And the ball was conceived as a gift to honour the LGBT plus elder community. Now, I was following it closely on social media, and it was a fantastic event. It looked beautiful. It looked like everybody had a fun time. Can you tell us what it was like being there? Pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Both times. I've been to both balls now. The first one was last year. To see so many older people, and I'm talking about a people who are a generation older than me, yeah. you know, the, the real trailblazers in yeah. our community be honoured for what they've done by such a spectacular event. And here's the thing, it was in the heart of Melbourne. Yes. Yeah. It was in the Melbourne Town Hall. We are talking the heart of civic Melbourne. Now, you go back to when they were young people and everything was in the dark, it was in the shadows, mm-hmm. it was in out-of-the-way places. And we were standing on the corner of Swanston and Collins at peak hour. At yeah. five thirty, wow. at, at event, an event that has support by the Victorian government. government. Yeah. Oh yeah, we can, Jeez. we can, and it was lovely. At one stage, I think we ended the night doing Nutbush. Of course, <laughs> <Every> <laughs> I mean, there's a, and, and watching your generation <laughs> <laughs> having to follow us in yeah. the steps. Yeah, like, was really exciting. I suddenly thought, oh, oh my god, I'm a dance. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, uh, you recently celebrated forty years since you came out as a proud gay man. But for a lot of LGBT plus elders, going back into the closet is a very real possibility. Why do you think that is? I think because we have yet to educate the mainstream Mm. on what differences there are for LGBTI elders who are seeking residential care, whether it be at home or living in residential. Oh, absolutely. Back into the closet. Back into the closet. I I know of people, and there's plenty of research on this, but I know of people who pack away the photo albums. Mm. They pack away the framed photographs off their shelves of the lives oh that they've had. They pack away the books and magazines before the home care person comes to do the cleaning or the washing or the wow. ironing. Now, it's interesting because these are people who, if you like, are, are people we would call generation silent. They were mm. the people who lived through the criminalising years where you had to stay in the closet. So they've not always come, even though they've now lived more out. Yeah. There's never been that sort of exuberance about it. It's been very quiet, it's been Mm. very private, with a lot of fear, Mm. because they were criminal back when they were younger. Do you think that behaviour becomes sort of habitual in a way? Yes. If they've experienced it for so long, that's like second nature. It's Um, how they've lived their lives. mm. And the interesting change will come over the next decade when the first generation who started to come out Mm -hmm. and who lived out lives and have always lived out lives begin to access 
the same sort yeah. of health yeah. care services and the aged care services. Because I know that Dalesford has the aged care facility that is designed for LGBTI people, but it is quite expensive and not really a viable option yeah, for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, here we get into economic differences. Yes, and exactly. And that. so what, what we really need to be looking at is stuff that's available to everybody. Well, the approach has been to educate the mainstream service providers that they have an obligation under the law mm. to not discriminate in the sorts of services they provide. And that also means not discriminating in the quality of care. Mm. And quality of care really means recognising the individual for the life that they've had. And people say, oh, we treat everybody the same. Yeah. But you can't treat us the same because we come from a different cultural background. Yeah. We don't have... I mean, it may change, you know, 50 years from now, you know, go to a gay dinner party and they'll be talking about Johnny's run to the school and yes, yeah, yeah, who's yeah. getting into which college yes, and yeah. all of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But now we don't have that. We don't have kids. We the don't have grandkids. Of, yeah. I read a story the other day that was in some research where there was a trans woman who'd lived for 30 years as a woman. And when they went into aged care, their son said, you will live as a man oh or you God. will not oh see your grandchildren. Oh, my I gosh. can't imagine. That's awful. Jeez. Mm. And I guess part of the fear there, not that I sympathise with the grandson, but it's not just about educating the staff that work at these facilities, but part of the problem is also the other residents oh, at these facilities. Yeah. It's oh. residents, and how do you it's biological yeah. families. Yeah. We, we hear lots of stories about couples who've been together a long, long time and suddenly members of the biological family will turn up when one of them needs care yeah. and they'll say, all right, you can do all what you've been doing over the years, but we want financial guardianship. Of course, yeah. Oh, so they're in there for the money yeah. and that's really scary. So what what we're needing is more people to be advocates. Yeah. Now imagine being a single older LGBTI person. Mm. Who's going to step in and be their advocate? If, you know, if, if they get dementia, who's going to look out for them? You know, we have a responsibility in our community to start really looking after the people who blazed the trail mm-hmm. that mm. gave us the rights that we take for granted. Mm. It's as simple as that. Do you think the answer is possibly creating ones that are specifically designed for the uh, LGBT community? We don't have community? the resources. You don't reckon we have? We don't have the resources. Let's right. think about geographic diversity. Mm-hmm. People who live in the country who are LGBTI, do they want to leave the networks that they've, they've got, got in already, the country yeah, towns true. to go to an exclusively LGBTI facility? Mm. But there are now government plans and action plans, and I believe that last week in Canberra they were signing off on the LGBTI Diversity for Aged Care Framework and Action Plan. I'm working at the moment casually in providing aged care training Mm -hmm. on LGBTI awareness, so we're doing it that way via the mainstream. That's how we've always done it, Mm. with everything we've had to do. Mm -hmm. We've had to educate the wider community, so we keep on doing it. Like I work in mental health, it's something I'm really interested in. And Andrew, you've been open about your experience with social isolation and some of the mental health challenges as well that you've had. I see depression on a daily basis, but it's always unique to each individual. Do you think there are some things that are unique to mental health challenges that the elder LGBTQ plus community experiences that maybe we're unaware of? or that we need to start talking about a bit more openly? I think as a community we need to start talking about mental health and suicide in our community right across the age range, irrespective. I do believe that there are issues that are more pertinent to older people because of the backgrounds and the lives that they've had to live, because they've had those deep scars and those, those very deep wounds around sexuality. That does impact on the mental health. But I've been an out man for 40 years and I've had a decade of mental health problems. Mm. That's not associated with my sexuality. So there is that distinction. What it means for us, though, I think, in the longer term, if, if we're talking about social isolation and so forth, is how do we as a community ensure that the elders in our community are engaged with community? Because the biggest thing for me in my recovery has been re-engaging with my tribe, getting back involved with this community... Save me from suicide. That simple and that blunt. Absolutely. And I think that's true for all members of the LGBT sure. community. A lot of people I've spoken to feel isolated or don't really know how to connect to other members in the community. But once they do, be it through online uh, avenues or going out or listening to this podcast, it, it gives them a little bit more hope. I think any way that you can connect with community is brilliant. I think the number one is always the direct, personal, real-world contact. Absolutely. You have to find people. And have conversations face-to-face, which is something that Luke and I have discussed a lot, is that I have much more of a real-world 
connection with my gay scene, whereas yours is a lot more online. online. <laughs> Cyber. Yeah, Cyber I mean, and I, I, dick. <laughs> yeah, well, I prefer my dick real rather than <laughs> cyber in that sense too. But if we can, you know, one of the things that happens in our community, and I've always seen it, is that we get a layer cake of generations. This generation doesn't mix with the one that's older, doesn't mm. mix with the one that's older, doesn't mix with the one that's older, mm. as a generalisation. What I'd love to see us do as a community, and I think this is an, one of our next big challenges, is to take a spoon to that layer cake, a bloody great spoon to yeah. it, and mix it up into a trifle where all ages mix across all mm. age spectrums because you get the, the wonderful wisdom of experience coupled with the youthful enthusiasm mm. stuff. And we really will form what has always been the mainstay for survival, and that's family, mm -hmm. family that is multi-generational. We always talk about family in mm -hmm. our community, but we've always tended to talk about singular or maybe one or two generational mm -hmm. thing. But what we really need to do is say, the elders are the great-grandparents, yeah. and then we've got the my generation, the grandparents, and then there are the parents, and then there yeah. are the new ones. You know, There's the so much we can learn from that. Yeah. I have to say this is why I always bang on about DTs, um, <laughs> because I genuinely feel that it is a huge range of ages there, mm. all mingling, all chatting. I'd, I'd say to younger people who listen to this, don't think that any older man who's talking to you is a dirty old codger exactly, trying to yeah. sleaze onto you. You, yeah, yeah. you might find in that, as I found when I first came out, the first group of people I met were my age and up to 70 and they'd been through World War II some of those older guys they had all this amazing experience they'd lived through the closeted 50s and 60s and they said to me we're your family now mm. that's beautiful mm. you know and that was 1978 and I've carried that all the way he's giving me goosebumps yeah, telling you yeah. That, you know. no, that's really nice. I mean it's pretty amazing I can see you talking to someone that was chatting at bars to guys that were closeted and gay in World War yeah. II do you know what I mean so by having this oh know, they had stories, deliciously delightful I stories I imagine they did yeah. 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 <laughs> what was the milkshake bar that was <laughs> in the 50s in Melbourne it was like a milkshake bar that was a secret gay hangout oh really you know oh there's Val, Val's Cafe opposite the Melbourne Town Hall I don't know if that's yeah, the one yeah I think it might be to. yeah they did milkshakes and stuff yeah which was known for being really Really welcoming for creative and theatrical. Yes, tasks. Oh, yes. creative and theatrical. <laughs> but yeah. the interesting thing about that is that there is now a centre at La Trobe University called Val's Aging oh, and Age Care, really? which works on LGBTI elder awareness. Yeah, great. That is so cool. Oh, I like that that's been remembered in that yeah. way. That's yeah, there's beautiful. another one at La Trobe called Alice's Garage, named after a woman who ran a female-only garage mm -hmm. wow. in North Melbourne, fixing motorbikes and cars in the 1920s. Of course, it was in North Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It's really great that younger people are looking at the history. But as an older person, I've been told I'm not officially an elder yet. I have to wait till <laughs> you are in this room, if that makes yeah. you feel any better. <laughs> I'm your elder this time, evening. Time normally takes that. Yes, yeah. it's normally me. <laughs> is that the other side of that is that we don't want to be treated as historical artefacts. No. We don't want to be taken off the shelf, dusted off, mm. have a little examination. Oh, yeah. isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's fair enough. And yeah. then put back on the shelf. We are still people living lives that mm. are active. We want to go on living lives that yeah. are active in the community. Mm. So we're not interesting objects of art, yeah. if that makes sense. We're still sense. part of our society. Yeah. We're still part of the community. Mm. And, you know, yeah. we've been part of the community <laughs> for a long yeah. time. Meet you know. the community. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were out there meeting people in bars before you were born. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous of the fact. I mean, the, the photos that I've seen look a lot more exciting than a lot of the places I've been to oh, since. Wow. <laughs> they were no more are no less exciting than the places you go to now. Wow. Some of the drag shows, at least, definitely were more exciting than some of the ones I've seen <laughs> these days. I'm not going to get that. <laughs> friends who are still doing drag now, oh. and that's really contentious. Yeah. <laughs> Just to go back to what we were talking about earlier about the importance of connection within the community and the period of time that you had with severe depression over that decade, how did you make those connections that sort of pulled you out of that dark cloud? I'd put some work into those connections... In that period, actually, yeah. fighting it off, I, I'd bought myself a camera and I was just interested in taking photographs and a friend of mine was telling me about his involvement with the Melbourne Chargers Rugby Club, which is Melbourne's gay and inclusive Clear, yeah. rugby club, mm -hmm. one of, I think, 80 or 90 around the world now. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, would you mind if I came and took some photographs? And he said, I'm sure they wouldn't mind. Well, I went down and took some photographs. The next thing I know, I went back the next week to take their Rugby 101 introduction day and mm -hmm. then I went to the first match Ooh. and... 
by the end of the year, I won myself a, a trophy from a football club. Oh, you wow. know, in my mm. childhood, that would have been <laughs> impossible. Yeah. You know, um, but those guys were really good and really friendly and really welcoming. And and one of them rang me. I disappeared. I did it for a couple of years and then kind of disappeared into depression. Mm. I didn't go out my front door for three years. Wow. It mm. was that kind of stuff. Michael rang me and he said, how are you? You know, we're, we're kind of missing you. Where have you been? And I said, do you want the headline? You know, I'll give you a tabloid headline of, I'm okay, thanks very much. Or do you want the full story? He said, give me the full story. And I told him, and he asked a really valuable and important question. He said, what can we do? He didn't ask, are you okay? Which is the Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. of mental health question. Mm -hmm. You know, are you okay? Let's go have a cup of coffee. None of that. It was practical, tangible, hands-on, what can we do? And three or four weeks later, 20 guys from the club turned up at my house to fix up my garden, which I hadn't done any work on for three years. And they did six working bees over the course of seven or eight months so that I could sell the house. And in that time, I got reacquainted with them and the friendships that I had with Mm -hmm. them deepened extraordinarily. Mm -hmm. My biological family is really tiny, and my brother came back into my life at that point. So between the biological and the logical, yeah. there was this like incredible... It's <laughs> a great term for the two families. Yeah. Armistead Mopan, I think, in Tales right. of the City. Have yeah. you read them? No, if you I... haven't, there's a part of your history you've got yeah. to go and read. Tales of the City. Okay. And Michael and Paul actually started sort of chatting about how do we support mm. Andrew to make the right decisions for his older age? Because I was in my late 50s, but I'd had a preview... With bad mental health, I'd had a preview of what an isolated, unwell old age would look like, and mm. I didn't want to live it. Mm. They rescued me from that. And when I sold the house up there, they fed me and sheltered me down here for three months. They have woven me a safety net mm-hmm. by doing that. You know, they asked me out to things, they invite me, and it wasn't because I was old and sick and all of that. Mm-hmm. It was just what I've come to see is that they've woven me into the fabric of their lives. Yeah. As a peer who Which happens is true to be community, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm a peer who happens to be a little bit older. I'm yeah. also dad or granddad or uncle, yeah. or and there are questions, you know, that that I can answer. There yeah. are conversations where I throw something in that's a different perspective because I am a little bit older. For me, those community groups are the real mainstay of our community, and and I'm speaking that specifically, being the yeah, in charges in my case. Mm. But for the gay and lesbian community, they have always been really important ways of people connecting and forming social networks that become their social family. So many times at the charges I saw young people come along, all nerves and shaking and kind of, I don't know what I'm doing here and why am I doing yeah. this and I'm still confronting my mm-hmm. sexuality or whatever. Before the year's out, before the season is out, they found a group of friends within the club that they then become friends with on an ongoing basis. Yeah, sure. I never lived through criminalised homosexuality. Okay. Because I grew up in South Australia. Yeah. Right, okay. Okay, and so, I... So, yeah, I guess... 1975, yeah. and I can... Yeah. yeah. Here's a little historic <laughs> anecdote. Yes. I, was, I was 17, in my final year of high school, it was spring day, Dad dropped the morning newspaper on the table, and there it was, this big, bold headline, Crimin- homosexuality decriminalised in SAA. And I looked at that and I thought, I am not going to bring criminal shame mm-hmm. on my family. The other thing I thought was, I cannot move a muscle right at this moment. Because I cannot give away... you don't care. Yeah, I cannot give away the sort of joy I feel yeah, at this wow, headline. I knew I was gay when my captain of my tennis team <laughs> went up to serve on a golden summer's afternoon. Yeah, and golden I, summer's afternoon. I looked at this lean Australian muscled farmer <laughs> and I went, you are so handsome. Mm. So you have that distinct memory. of. I have yeah. that memory and I have the memory of also thinking second thought. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell anybody I yeah. thought that. My first partner and I went to Queensland in 1987 or thereabouts and it was still a criminal offence up there. And we booked a two-room unit mm. for our holiday. And we ruffled the bed oh, in so the other you, room. Yeah, right. 1987. Okay. Yeah, but Tasmania. Jesus, sorry, I'm from South Africa originally, <laughs> so I'm like, I didn't. Now you can imagine what happened in Adelaide in the late 70s, where it was not a criminal offence, mm-hmm. when it was still a criminal offence everywhere else in the country. Mm. Guess what happened to Adelaide's gay population <laughs> from interstate? <laughs> Boom. Boom. Yeah. So when I came out, I came out into this thriving, rich, mm. diverse, yeah, legal mm. community. Wow. So I'm, uh, it sounds like you had quite a active life on the physical scene at the bars and that sort of thing. No, 
No? I'm not a great bar goer. The first yeah. time I ever went to the Mars Bar in Adelaide, and I believe it's I was going to ask shut. if Mars Bar <laughs> is just right. Mars yeah. Bar is a big thing in my life because I've met my first long-term partner right. there. I think it was two in the morning. We were dancing at three, engaged at you four, all married people. at five, <laughs> and then... <laughs> we Consummated at six. <laughs> we divorced ten years later. And the bars were just one thing. I, I walked into the Mars Bar the first time but, uh, with a friend of mine. She took me. She said, you have to come. And I froze because mm-hmm. all my social inadequacy. I'd never gone through dating rituals yeah. mm. because I was a gay boy trying to hide it in a country yeah. town. So I never got practiced at that. And I walked into the Mars bar and there were all these people who seemed, all these men who seemed to know what they were doing and God, did they look gorgeous. And I didn't <laughs> And that was the first gay venue that. you'd ever been to. Yeah. And so uh, what age was, I ran no, was that? That was the second venue. Okay. I'd, time I'd been, well, I'd had the same reaction yeah. in the first bar mm-hmm. I'd been taken to. And how old were you then, sorry? Oh, 19. Okay. Yeah. No, first, so you, uh, I was sort of a, yeah, I think a lot of people that haven't experienced or have no knowledge of people that have lived through social isolation assume that they're just quiet people that don't really have much of a yeah. life anyway but from the sounds of things you've had a very uh, prior to your social isolation in those 10 years well the 3 years specifically where you didn't leave the front mm-hmm. door it's not like you had a quiet little uh, shut yourself away life you had a very social active life I've had a good life it's the things that can I think a lot of people don't really understand that that can change later in life and that you need to make sure you've got those connections. I think you need to maintain and sustain yeah. and keep on working yeah. with those relationships, no are. matter what age. But Clubs I had my 60th things. recently yeah. and I had a fabulous night with the guys who've been my safety net. I cooked them dinner at home, mm. which was a really different thing yeah. too because mostly we go out these days. Mm. Mm. You know, oh, for the days of people having a Sunday lunch party around good their own party, table. Yeah. yeah, with the good china. <laughs> oh, well, I've still got the Wedgwood that I've oh, oh, you know, that's, that's about the only thing from the first yeah. relationship. We have the willow pattern at my <laughs> <laughs> But the thing about that is I think back to the first dinner parties and Sunday lunches I went to with those people who'd been through World War II and the Korean War and all of that. And what I learned about banter and conversation and how to fit into our community from being around those sorts of tables and the information I got and the kind of knowledge that I picked up by being in those tables. We have the four C's of my care, you know, that is Mm -hmm. looking after myself, that is contribution to the community in some way, shape or form, that is some form of creativity and some form of connection, social connection. So what I've been doing is asking people to come and have a meal with me at home. Because I've been living on New Start, yeah. I cannot afford to go out as regularly mm-hmm. as everybody else to the cafes and stuff. But I can afford to buy a chook and roast it with some veggies. Yeah. And people come over and they really seem to enjoy yeah, it. Kicking their shoes yeah. off. Mm. We kick our shoes off. Put we eat your, the food. Your Barbara <laughs> albums. Was that what you were saying? Your, your lies at I'll put my lies. Your lies <laughs> Barbara. Sorry, we're no, well, actually, you I'm know not I mean? making assumptions for the listeners. We <laughs> talked about it before the podcast. Oh, look, if you want to make assumptions, you know, I'm an old-fashioned theatre and opera queen <laughs> <laughs> who does love now. children. <laughs> and I've been kissed on the cheek by Liza Minnelli. Oh uh, at the same party... I'm going to have to kiss the same cheek just so you know. <laughs> yeah, well, at the same party, I bought a cigarette from James Taylor. But oh, my that's, God. You know, oh, my God. Tom's <laughs> now, hang on. I'm going to... Oh, no, do, do we need to kind of wipe you down or something? Oh my God, yeah, yeah, we do. I, I, look, I don't think the mainstream gives any of the LGBTI community enough credit for the shit they've gone through. Except... Well, they wouldn't have put us yeah. through the post Except the apology that Dan Andrews did in Parliament, I think we I need to stand up and cheer I genuinely believe, and we talked about this a couple of episodes mm-hmm. ago, that a lot of the stuff the Victorian state government is leaps and bounds beyond any government Australia has had as far as repairing Oh, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. How dare you say that to somebody who grew up with Don Dunstan as the Premier? Okay. See, I grew up in the Dunstan era. Yeah. And I measure everybody's progressiveness against what Don Dunstan did. Right. And because Whitlam was around for a few years Mm. with that as well. My view is Dan Andrews, and here we go, we're going to upset some of your politically (laughs) more right wing. That's fine. I think Dan Andrews is the Don Dunstan of the 21st century. He's a man with progressive principles who sticks Mm -hmm. to it, who says this is what we are going to do because this is a good thing Mm. for our community and doesn't hedge. And I only wish that Bill Shorten would bloody well do the same thing. Thank you very much, Mm. Bill, who's my local member, actually. I think they could if they stop being a small target and be a big target because now we are getting to a time when those people who really did break down those first barriers that won the basic rights... Yep. that most of us have built lives on, are now older. We've not had that before. I was saying to Dan outside that 
We are now living in a time where for the first time ever, somebody from 16 to somebody at 100 can have lived an out and proud life. Yes, true. Yeah. That is the first time ever in history. That's Brilliant. a whole different way of yeah. looking at who we are as community. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Now, I have used the word queer several times in this podcast, and I've seen you, I've seen your left eye twitch a little bit. <laughs> Actually, it's the right you? eyebrow. That <laughs> the right eyebrow goes up, and the left eye, the left eye twitches. What's your relationship with the word queer? Long, deep, and woundful. Yeah, oh. ways. I get why people now are using it. I mm. get the re ownership of it, and we are going to mm-hmm. own this and use it to empower us. I would ask very clearly for a real sensitivity around context and intention mm-hmm. when you use the word queer you're sitting here with somebody who is older yeah. yes who went through a time when a serious newspaper headline could say something like the queers are revolting yeah yeah and mean it mm. now you guys use that as the title of your show we use the gays are revolting yeah the yes. gays yeah. are revolting in a kind of ironic way yes. yeah because yeah. it also implies that we are revolting against everything. yes you know destroy the joint yeah and luke is also just yeah revolting. he's pretty revolting. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and there we have the classic <laughs> example of gay male bitchiness. Doing <laughs> that. You know, one of the things that what has been talk? a thread of continuity <laughs> in our lives is that kind of thing. I know I was on a panel at a conference recently. We were talking about LGBTI aging, and there was a very wonderful, self-described old dyke on the panel, and she was feisty and fabulous. And she said, "I hate the word queer mm-hmm. because it was so offensive." So all we ask is that when you use it. You use it with sensitivity about who are you using it with. The other thing I'd say about it is that not everybody in LGBTI identifies as queer. Mm, Yeah. Mm. Talk to a lot of intersex people, for example, and you may find a completely different reaction to the use of the word queer. Mm. Talk to older gay men. There are older gay men out there who don't even identify as gay. They call themselves homosexual. Mm. That gay, gay is, is too. Oh, they don't use still, yeah. yeah. Is still a word that's a bit too yeah. uncomfortable yeah. Mm-hmm. to, you know, I, I can remember newspaper headlines. They would honestly and directly say, these people are perverts. 57 mm. perverts arrested Jeez. in. We were, when I first came out, mm-hmm. we were still considered by 99% of the population to be sexual perverts. Yeah, basically considered the same as pedophilia. Yeah, and, always the comparison and, and, yeah, with bestiality yeah, yeah, yeah. and all those old videos. Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing underneath that was there was no concept of a same-sex relationship. Mm. So in 40 years, we've gone from sexual pervert, no concept of a relationship, to Legal some degree... Yeah. yeah legalizing same-sex marriage yeah. and that's all i will call it i yeah. won't call it equality because it's not yeah so andrew community and connecting is something that's hugely important to what's going on in the lgbt world at the moment how can younger members of the community uh, you were just so bloody ageist right there <laughs> ages. <laughs> i'm asian i'm secretly 72 oh my God. <laughs> how can younger members of the community who were interested in helping out or connecting with LGBT plus elders, how can they reach out? What can the younger members of the community do, in your opinion? In my opinion, there are a number yeah. of things, both formal and informal, mm-hmm. you can do. The formal one would be get in touch with VAC or get in touch with Switchboard, both of which run outreach program to visit older people either in resi care or living okay. at home who are on home, home care packages. Yeah. Back being the Victorian AIDS Council. Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry, Thorn Harbour Health, formerly now, known yeah. as yeah. Oh, yeah. Victorian sorry, AIDS Council. Well, that shows no <laughs> kind of generational difference yeah. right there. That's not, you know, I don't know what VAC is. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Wow. So that's the formal stuff. Hmm. The other would be the informal. If you're a member of things like a community group or a sporting group and there are older members in that club, yeah. what are you doing to connect with them? Mm-hmm. Mm. Or are you just looking at them from a distance? Mm-hmm. Go and chat to them. If you're out in a pub or whatever, 
I mean, I don't know where people go these days. Kind of, there's so few, it seems. <laughs> they go to the Gazer Revolting Live at Midsummer Festival. <laughs> Get <laughs> your that tickets. Well, I tell you, <laughs> since we're doing a plug for Miss Midsummer Festival, and I might be preempting something here, but at this year's Midsummer Carnival, Alice's Garage ran a tea tent for elders. Oh, fantastic. Are they... Carnival Day At, in that on section Carnival with, Day, yeah, fantastic. So if they do that again, and I'm hope, kind of hoping that they will come, drop by and say hello to the elders yeah. who are there. Because it's a bit like the CWA show tent. Oh, heaven. Uh, at the <laughs> oh, my God, that's my favourite. That's the only reason to go. Oh, really? <laughs> the that scones is, are the most amazing oh, scones. That is scones. why people go to the Royal <laughs> Melbourne show. Yeah. Go and say hello. Yeah. Uh, third Sundays of the month in Fitzroy at the Spiegel tent from February next year. Oh, yeah. The Elders Dance Club is starting up its 2019 program, which leads to the ball at the end of the right. year. It's not only for old people. Mm. It's not only for elders. Mm-hmm. Come along and have a dance with an older man who might teach you how to quick step or foxtrot or waltz That'd around a ballroom floor. Yeah. You know, come along and do it. Those sorts of things. Look out for the people. Start a conversation yeah. with somebody who's 30, 40 years older yeah. than you are and listen to them. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. And I guess for the online people that are maybe not out in the world yet or aren't ready to connect in person and that sort of stuff, there's also the podcast that we were talking about off off air earlier, which is the Rainbow, I can't remember the name of it again. The Rainbow Reviews. Rainbow Reviews. So that's in conjunction with Art Centre Melbourne. Melbourne. Yes, that's yeah. right. Rainbow Reviews is a fabulous thing. The Art Centre in conjunction with all the Queen's men who run the Coming Back that's Out right. Ball. Yep. They put together this wonderful little project where the Art Centre provides freebie tickets to older people. LGBTI people who can't afford to go to the theatre and they get them back. They then sit them down in a room afterwards and they have a conversation about what they've seen. Now you've got people in there who've been going to the theatre 40, 50 years. And we're involved as well, yeah. It really highlights something that younger people can forget about older people and that is we still have intelligence and we still have opinions Mm -hmm. and we still want to share. We still have ideas. We still have imagination. Don't wrap us up in pastels and put us on the bowling green. <laughs> You've got no contribution to make. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what they have to say about Tina Arena and Evita. <laughs> I think Tina Arena and Evita is... I saw the original production of Evita at oh, the yes. Adelaide Festival Theatre in about 1980-something or other. So she'll be better than the woman they had played. I'm Vita sure she will way. be. Apparently she's incredible. Yeah, it's had excellent reviews, mm. so... Well, thank you so much again, um, Andrew, for You don't have to be today. that enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> Try it again. Tone it down. Just <laughs> thank you, Andrew, for coming in today. <laughs> that is my pleasure. <laughs> and talking with us. It's I'm been mesmerized. a pleasure. We definitely have to have you back again Your soon. Your wealth of knowledge. I am more than happy to come back because there's all sorts of things we can talk about. Like I just said, I've got opinions. Like us oldies, we all have opinions on all sorts of things. Yeah. Mm. Not just ageing. Yeah, and well, that's why you and I are going to do an entire podcast, just the two of us talking about Liza Minnelli. Oh well, yes, you know, and this and that new. Cheek, and how yeah. I've never washed up for thirty. <laughs> and debate why Bette Midler is better than Barbara Streisand. I can't wait. <laughs> So I've kind of touched on this briefly in like previous episodes, like talking about like, I've only recently made like some closer gay friends and stuff. And like, it sort of got me thinking about making friends like when you were much younger in mm-hmm. school and stuff and then making friends as an adult. It's a weird thing because like it you're is. sort of not forced yeah. to be around that person yeah. all the time. It's hard. Like when you're in a classroom and it's just like, oh no, you're stuck with these people for the next however yeah. long. Friend like proximity. I gotta make some yeah. real friends here. Whereas like when you're an adult, it's just like I have my work friends yeah. mm. and then like I have the people that I know outside of work. It's because I've definitely felt like I've struggled just making friends in general, like yeah. finding people that I have stuff in common with and that we actually have time to hang out. <laughs> Yeah, I applied for this show to make friends. That's how bad it worked. That's how bad (laughs) I am. (laughs) Like, honestly, I've been friends with JB since high school. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like going on 15 Mm. years. We are the only friends we have (laughs) is each other. I think meeting people through work is actually exactly the same as school. We're just, as adults, less open. We've put up these guards Mm. now where we don't. Like, I have my work friends. I have a couple that have turned into genuine, very close friends. A lot of people that I work with that if they had their last shift tomorrow, I probably, I would be polite if I saw them. (laughs) But I probably wouldn't make the time (laughs) to to hang out. Whereas I think when you're a kid, you're more open to everything. Mm. Um, But as adults, we put these guards up, which then also stops us outside of the work 
place um, mm-hmm. making yeah. friends as well, which is why I'm such a big fan of pubs and, and trivia nights and bingo nights and the, the yeah. gay seat, drag shows and yeah. making gay friends because I think it's mm-hmm. really important to have friends that understand what you've been through. It's so good having straight friends. JB is obviously an incredible friend for you, my very dear friend, Bridie, who I don't talk about enough and I really should. Do you know my best friend is a Paralympian heterosexual woman? Really? (laughs) It's like the opposite of me, yeah. Really? But even even our very best heterosexual friends will never fully understand some of the stuff we've been through. But like, when you're out, how do you actually make friends with these people? Because it's like everyone's partying. Fuck them. Fuck (laughs) them. Okay, so you fuck them friends later. Uh, Look, I will be honest, a lot of friends that I have made have been people that I've gotten drunk, hooked up with, Mm -hmm, and then... But I've probably hooked up with them because I enjoyed the conversation with them in the first place. There's got to be some sort of connection. But there is also a lot of friends I've made in these places that aren't people that I've hooked up with yes I think it's really fun obviously I host a trivia night I talk about it mm-hmm. all the time yeah. I also host a bingo night and stuff um, and I think I do that because mm-hmm. the straight scene of our generation yeah. old, maybe the older straight scene but younger straight people don't really go to things like that no mm-hmm. I think the gay scene still has them because it's a great way of chatting and meeting yeah. other people that you've been to my bingo and trivia yeah no it's really like social host, it's really engaging the host will pull people up and sort of have a little joke with them make fun of them a little bit give them a prize yeah. or whatever so that then when they go out to the smoking area or in the breaks or yeah. whatever you can say to the person oh hey well done on exactly, stage before she yeah. was a real bitch to I you I do or, enjoy that aspect of it because when the normal clubbing everyone's just fucked up dancing yeah, look, on the yeah. dance floor it's not, gonna, not a not, social no. aspect as you go out love, people are just looking for like to fuck and like to go out and like meet my Market, as much like, as I love Poof Doof and the Peel yeah. and that sort of shit, it is a lot harder to make friends it's, when it's just thumping music and exactly. shots. Yeah. I find it interesting as someone that has suffered. 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 It's cute. Suffered. It's like a Pokemon. As someone that suffered with social anxiety, yeah. approaching people yeah. in a bar environment is not something that I've ever been mm, yeah. comfortable with. Neither have I, ever. And still and not. It, it's not something I would seek out. So I do think there are alternate ways mm-hmm. that young LGBT people can connect mm. and make friends. Do you know what I always recommend? <laughs> is after your psych session, just hang around reception. <laughs> just hang around. For ages. <laughs> because then you're meeting other people that likely also suffer from mental health yeah. issues and you've so got you know. common ground <laughs> yeah. and you hope you're the one that's better off and you can yeah, yeah it's just yeah. to make you feel better about yourself mental <laughs> health is a competition yes <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm losing um, but I always think the thing is yeah. common ground yeah. that's what mm. brings yeah. people together and the important thing I think as an LGBT person is that sometimes your sexuality is not the common ground that yeah. you go for. You can meet queer people and you can meet LGBT people at like non-gay absolutely, events. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I just think and it's very important to bring it into the real world. Yeah, well, that's what I'm yeah. saying is yeah. if you look at the things that you were interested in and engage in them mm-hmm. in the communities around them, mm. most likely you are going to encounter other members mm. of the LGBT community. Yeah. Yeah. Thornbury has like social choirs. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Social uh, choirs. Yeah, and they're not like... It's like Glee. I'm picturing Glee. Yeah, it's like gold <laughs> point donation. One of my friends runs one above a retail store, and it's yeah. literally like 10 people that just meet up, have some snacks, and they pick a song in a Facebook group yeah. every oh, week, and they just learn how to sing it. And it's not exclusively LGBT, but there's a strong yeah. queer mm. component to it. I mean, I feel like more and people have anxiety about joining a choir than going to a trivia night. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Say singing in front of people. <laughs> it's but amazing is... though. Like if you look into those things in pottery, mm. yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, life drawing, there are a lot of things that don't involve potentially a bar mm. yeah. or a nightclub yeah. or a psychology practice. <laughs> uh, you can meet other members of the LGBT community and make friends with them. I am not good at making friends. No, neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why. Uh, Mikey, you work... A large yeah. part of your job is conversation as a yeah. hairdresser. Do you make friends through that? Or is that more just sort of business conversation? Like 99% of the time it is business conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I have very fortunately made a couple of really close friends now through having them as clients at Queer work. Friends. Queer friends. Yeah. And they specifically were only seeing the men in the salon because they only felt comfortable seeing other queer men in the Mm -hmm. salon. We've all started to become friends with the other queer clients, which Mm -hmm. has been really amazing. And, like, 
especially in the beginning, it was sort of just like, this is awkward. <laughs> yes. Do you like Drag Race? Sure. Yeah. What, what, what gay things do you like? <laughs> drag Race, race. standard <laughs> go-to. <laughs> but no, it's, I have made some really great friends through my work, which yeah. has been great. I've definitely struggled a lot more in the bar scene because I have also suffered with like quite severe social mm. anxiety in the past. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm in drag still, like it's still in the back of my mind. And like, I find it easier when people come up to me rather than me approaching other people. I guess what I was trying to sorry, just to make it clear what I was trying to say about the gay nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that those nights that have a framework around them. Mm. If if we were able to just talk, we'd do do it at train stations or we'd do it at (laughs) Doof or whatever. (laughs) But those nights that have a framework, the whole group is sort of there as a group working through. I just feel like it makes it a lot easier to communicate. And Mm. I'm genuinely, if I'm not on stage, I'm really shit or not in front of a microphone really shit at talking to people I don't know yeah. Yeah. but when I've been overseas by myself and I've, I will find a gay bar at, in San Fran or yeah. London or New York or whatever that has nights like that on because the gays are really good at having this yeah. camaraderie yeah. at mm-hmm. those nights where it's sort of like oh come join our team or, yeah. or oh fuck nice. she's giving us hard questions now yeah, or yeah. when the fuck is my number coming up or whatever so stuff um, that I look for in a friendship with new people <laughs> generally <laughs> Are you doing another podcast? No. Oh my god, are you cheating on us? <laughs> oh, Just doing all the other going podcasts to share and, and leaving. <laughs> no, did you say retreat? retreat. Yeah, I did, sorry. Share and retweet. Like, god. generally, I like people who are unapologetically themselves yeah. in a nice way. Yeah. Not someone who's abrasive or anything, but mm-hmm. someone who's just like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, what's up? Or like, just someone that I have common ground mm-hmm. with, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's sense of humour. Yeah. yeah. I love someone who can make me laugh yeah. for sure. And it, and it has to be that sense of humour that sort of gets to the boundary, but not yeah. like yeah. mean, mm-hmm. but black. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Like dark. Why like gotta be black? Dark. Com- <laughs> <laughs> Don't. You're crossing the line. <laughs> dark humour that's yeah. not mean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. Which is why I think like within 40 seconds of making meeting Luke, I was like, oh yeah, I love this guy. <laughs> You're a horrible yeah. person. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've always found myself gravitating towards females and like girlfriends because mm. I guess I've always so what had- about in a gay friend what do you find well I've always had my brother as my like gay oh, best yeah, friend so I've yeah. always had that I've never maybe that's always so been the reason I've never really <laughs> okay calm down um, I've never really felt the need to like have many gay friends it's yeah. only really this year that I've kind of started making more friends with mm. other guys and everything but yeah just uh, be genuine like don't be one of those fake gays that's just like focused on climbing the social ladder mm. like just be real nah. yeah. like it's just I can't I don't have there's time for ladder? that I feel it there's oh, it's just, it just I think it's yeah, just it's one so one of the lesbians bought it from Bunnings <laughs> so noticeable when people are just very focused yeah. on yeah. being seen yes. yeah yeah, yeah. Just be real and be funny and be a nice person. Yeah. Mm. All I'm looking for is food, <laughs> shelter, and a Netflix password. Yeah. yeah That's nice. sort of my friend requirement. <laughs> <laughs> Any sort of magical powers helps as well. Yes. Yeah. Time Always. travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Waxing. Yeah. Butt waxing. Wow. <laughs> Especially if they can provide strips. Skills. skills. I look for yeah. skills in friends. What kind of skills? That's why. <laughs> Like zombie apocalypse I always You know I'm not even joking I'm not joking bitch (laughs) I am not joking But I often run through To get to sleep Mm. uh, Like an apocalypse scenario Oh really? Yeah Yeah, And then I pick out of my friends Oh wow We made the cut This is like MySpace top friends (laughs) Who I would contact Yeah To be like that person Like I need to go get JB Mm. Yeah and then, like, I would go get Mikey because I want to look good and I want yeah. haircuts. I can build like, things too. Yeah, and I run through a whole scenario. Like, and who you would skate away really from the zombies? Yeah. Cutthroat, or who would turn what am on I gonna you and do stuff for you? like that? <laughs> yeah, you you're like the, you're, you're a great zombies. meat shield. <laughs> Tom's a wild card. Like, I know how to drive a boat. A I boat, feel like but not a car. <laughs> I feel in a zombie apocalypse, Tom might actually get Stockholm Syndrome and side with <laughs> the undead. I start advocating. <laughs> yes. It is a big part of gay culture is preparing for the apocalypse. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why we haven't talked about it. <laughs> All right, That's we're changing the rest of this topic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your dream zombie apocalypse? What would apocalypse? you grab first? <laughs> yeah. Well, the ammo. The ammo. Yeah. And race straight for wet on Wellington. <laughs> Wellington. <laughs> 
Here you come again. <laughs> what is happening? I'm just singing for you because <laughs> I watched my favorite film of the last decade recently. Yeah. What? It is going straight to my Muriel's wedding and Priscilla. Oh, s- wow. Make me feel a little bit sad but happy at yeah. the same time. That's feel good. You don't have to be a certain person to yeah. survive mm-hmm. kind of movie. And it is the new Netflix movie, Dumplin', oh, based yes. on the youth teen novel starring Jennifer Aniston and Danielle McDonald, who yeah. is an Australian. Just a little recap. Is that now, the, main, I, the main chick? That's, yeah. She's yeah, Aussie? Yeah, oh, Dumplin', awesome. yeah, yeah, she's Aussie. So I know I told you all you had to watch it before you got here. <laughs> I'm excited to hear your opinions. Uh, just a little recap for our listeners, and I'll try not to give away any spoilers, but basically this is all in the, in the preview. But it's basically about a girl in Texas. It's set in the modern day, final year of high school, and she's a plump, and not conventionally beautiful girl. Think Muriel in Muriel's wedding. I'll but watch a bit it younger. one day. <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck, I'm sorry. Every time. She's a bit dumpy, bit of, but has a very great outlook on life. Now, she was yeah. raised by her auntie, who was camp and oh, fabulous and wonderful, who taught her the ma- magic of Dolly Parton. Yes. So she loves Dolly Parton. Now, the movie starts six months after her auntie has died. Mm-hmm. She had lived with her mother and auntie. Her mother, played by Jennifer Aniston, who is an ex-beauty pageant winner who runs a beauty yes. pageant and yeah. is still obsessed with that period of her life yep. and yes. really has never connected with her daughter. She also has this crush who's a hot guy. She has this best friend who is... More conventionally looking, but totally accepts her for who she is, but is bullied by everyone else in her life. Mm. Decides to join a beauty pageant to sort of... Rebel against her mum. She says it's to rebel against her mum, but I think what we're reading between the lines is it's to connect with her mum. She sort of becomes an adult maturity-wise and is like, well, if my mum's not going to connect with me, I'll connect with her. And then find some drag queens through Mm. notes that her auntie had left behind that run a Dolly Parton tribute. It's like a real southern... And she goes and meets them and learns from a gay black drag queen how to successfully compete in a um, beauty pageant. It's camp, there's drag queens, there's Jennifer Anderson, there's women don't conform. What more to the do you want? <laughs> what did you boys think? Yeah. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. There were points where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to cry. Yeah, like, I cry constantly. Holy crap. Yeah. Oh, really? It was yeah. just like such Aww. a feel good film and yeah. it was just produced really, really It was well. real yeah. wholesome yeah. content. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm the demographic for this kind of film. You're a gay man. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> My favourite directors are David Lynch and Lars von sure. Trier. Sure. So if it's not six hours long, cut out of chronological order and mm. absolutely excruciating to watch... It's not my kind. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> but did were you in pain watching it? Did you think it was a bad film? No, I think it it was wholesome. These are the kind of films that people enjoy watching. Mm. If films don't make me feel like pretentious crap, mm-hmm. you know, that's just what I watch. <laughs> you, so you're yeah. like into your more edgy arty. Yeah. So yeah. like my favorite films mm. are like Melancholia. So sure. do you think it was a bit sure too like been, teeny for you? I'm sure you've been forced to watch chick flicks before. How does this rate in your scheme of... I don't think it's quite at Mean Girls level. No. Where I think some of those films are actually brilliant and they can transcend their genre. Yeah. Yeah. But I can see that this film, especially on Twitter, from some of my friends who are plus-sized, that this film means a lot more to them because they're getting that representation that that is really important Mm. to them. And it's telling a story that's really quite down to earth. It's not like Shallow How or whatever. Yeah. No. I still oh, don't understand yeah. no, that movie. Gwyneth no, no, Paltrow's no. like plus size, but only one guy. Yeah, it's weird. Jack yeah. Black. Yeah. Enough said. <laughs> uh, that I can see for certain people, this is a very important film. Yes, yes. Yeah. definitely. I mean, I feel like this film breaks a lot of rules for plus size people in that generally when there's a plus mm. size protagonist, which is very rare in itself, yeah. she doesn't end up with the hot guy. She ends no. up with the dorky yeah. guy that she never, she realizes the hot guy was an asshole anyway and he yeah, was yeah. always going to love the skinny girl and yeah. that she really turns out liked the dorky guy that she never really noticed before. It's like, no, you can actually fucking end up with the yeah. hot guy. Yeah, that happens. Totally. It's that fine. Was so there was never because I was just waiting for that bit where it's like oh it turns out he's fucking someone else yeah. it's like it's fine he can just want to fuck you it's yeah. fine I think one of my favourite things is that it wasn't just like one plus size character yeah. No, yeah. I loved the second one yeah, she was so, so beautiful it, like her character name is Millie, Millie? Mickelchuck <laughs> am, am I saying yeah, that yeah. right mm. Mickelchuck yeah. I absolutely loved she her she's so like, cute just the greatest oh. character so bubbly so beautiful yeah. like she, nothing Christian got her down Gale, nothing yeah. got her down but like wasn't judgmental at yeah. all and was like pure I'm gonna be fuck. me yeah. <laughs> screw you guys yeah. Like, and, yeah. I so agree with her like, yeah. there is several different 
characters in this movie that are yeah. just normal. And we shouldn't be saying plus size. It's not even no. plus size. No. It's just like literally normal sized people, but they're in a movie. And they're different kinds of normal sized people, which is fantastic. And I love that you brought her up. I, I thought she was an incredible character. I thought Absolutely. she was brilliantly acted. And we're talking about a film which features yeah. a girl that doesn't have to change herself. Like the movie's no. not about her learning lessons. It's about the rest of the world learning lessons. And the other film that I thought it connected with was Hairspray, Whoa. which so yes. Maddie, who played th- this character you're talking about, played um, Tracy Turnblad yeah. in the live. Because yeah. I was watching it going, oh my God. I, yeah, I, I know, know her, you, know right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> she is, I mean, the whole cast, but oh. those two especially are fucking going places. Danielle McDonald, who played Dumplin' yep. uh, or Willa Dean. Willa Dean! What a name! Willa so, so good to say. She is Australian and couldn't mm. get work here and went to the States and did Patty Cakes. Um, Which I still haven't watched. Yeah. I haven't heard of that. It's like a couple a of years ago. Movie? Yeah, it's like yeah. Really? Yeah. A rapper movie. Yeah. yeah. Eight and Mile. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. I also love that it had Kathy Najimy in it. Is that, I know. Is that the Christian mum? Oh my God. Yeah. Is she the chick from that? Hocus Pocus? Yes! She's from Hocus Pocus and she's from Sister She's not so plus size now, but she was no. a bigger lady when she yeah. first started and was yeah. kind of that character in the 90s. It was just films. like a very small role. It was, it was a small role, but yeah. it was a beautiful little just nod like to Kathy oh Najimy. Like, <laughs> like, also, they're just yeah. making this film for gay men. Like, yeah. Anything with Kathy Najimy in it is, yeah. is. And they had Ginger Minge from Ginger Minj. Ginger Minj. 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 Yeah. She wasn't like a huge role, but like. No, but, just, no but it was it was hmm. a good role. I think the role she played was amazing. Yeah, she was good. She was good. She did feel like, you know, when often you have like a reality TV. Yeah, a reality TV person in a serious thing you're kind of yeah, like oh like, uh, yeah that's awkward yeah, but no see. she played it really well it was yeah. very real have you guys seen that a bunch of the RuPaul girls have done a remix lip sync that's right Jolene yeah, yeah. As oh like, really? Because of yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's advertisement for oh. the movie. Yeah, it's really quite good. You should look it so up. So it's on. I think Netflix released the video yes. clip. So Dolly Parton was one of the producers. So she's part of the movie. Yeah, yeah. She's, that's so, she's so cool. Produced. Yeah, I don't think people realize how old and is this Dolly is. I really love her. She is seventy-two years old, <laughs> and oh. I think people forget that mm. she's an incredibly smart woman. She has a yeah. theme park, Dollywood. She has she's, a yeah. fucking yeah, theme she park. She has a Dollywood. A- yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like um, with roller coasters? Yeah, a total theme park. What? She owns the rights to pretty much all of her songs that she's ever performed. Yeah. In. So like Amazing. a lot of people mm-hmm. have sold off their, their own rights to their own songs. Produced this and wrote a whole lot of new songs for it yes. and authorised the remix of Jolene yeah. for the RuPaul's ah, Girls to do the video clip too. I did, when I watched the video clip, fucking love it. Oh, but I was yeah. like, girls, this, I want to watch a, it. this isn't a lip sync battle. You should know the lyrics. I know, right? Oh, no, Baby, did they Valentina it? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, come on. Take off the mask. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, it's Jolene by Dolly Parton, yeah. who doesn't know doesn't these know the lyrics. To, to be honest, since watching the movie, I have been listening to a lot more Dolly. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. this is good. I'm getting sequential. Good advertisements. Yeah. And you're also getting into your queer icons. Hi. Yes. Yeah, well, my oh, favorite my favorite drag queen is, I think, based off Dolly Parton, Trixie. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, Like, I mean, she's very aesthetic. Yeah, she would have been spewing the chingy. Oh, oh, oh. I, I didn't even think of that. Poor Trixie. Mm, yeah, well, but well, I did like the, it, they put so. ginger. Like it was just sort of like representing um, actual real bodies yeah. in real life. Also, side note. That new Miley Cyrus song totally reminds me of Jolene. Have you heard it? Well, Miley Nothing worked breaks on her like last a, album with yeah. Did she? Because so she yeah. has she a lot of Dolly vibes. Yeah. Like, yeah. she sounds like her. Dolly is Miley's godmother. That's what? what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so, like, they've done a lot of stuff together previously. To really? Not, no, yeah, but yeah. that yeah. checks out. Yeah, that makes no, sense. Really I mean, that cute. makes perfect sense. Because they did Them a Southern live, Bells. Well, they did a live performance of Jolene. So, it was Dolly, oh. Miley, and then the acapella group, Pentatonix. Yeah. Do you think that this is going to enter the gay archives? Is this going to be... Yeah, wow. yeah. I feel like this is, and I keep going back to Mira's wedding yeah. because when you look at Mira's wedding, it's not a. There's nothing gay it's not, about it. No, yeah. um, it's got Abba in it, but Abba yeah. wasn't even gay until Priscilla came along. So I mean, sure it wasn't it. thought of Kitty. by the white. I know, I know that much. <laughs> um, I mean, I really liked it, but I didn't. Like even though they were drag queens, I didn't really particularly mm. think of it. So this I is just, gay no, movie. but that's what I'm saying. No. It's not a gay yeah. film. But there's I lots think... of gay. There's lots of films that aren't gay. Cabaret, yeah, yeah. for example, Sound of Music. Yeah. There's lots of films oh, that aren't. It's just like <laughs> that haven't got gay. It's campy yes. and it's fun. And watch like, all of these one day. and we connect it's, to it. There's yeah. also something about that relationship with her mother that I think a lot of gay yes. people probably. Yeah, maybe not as bad as that no. relationship, but have that feeling of like, oh, I want to connect with you, but I don't yeah. know how, kind of thing, you know, yeah, and yeah. trying to adjust your life to connect with you. Yeah, parents, maybe. The, I think the thing about a lot of these mm. gay like. 
queer films is they have like a subversive mm. element to them. Yeah, they've got a little bit of bite in their humour okay. and and the yeah, things that's fair that they're I mean, I did think that we were going to get a bit of a dark sort of at the third quarter of oh, the film. Oh yeah, with her mum would come in and it would be. Well, like no, a, I thought it'd be more like that happy face she had. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it wasn't it's, actually. It's it was covering yeah, 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 some yeah. really dark feelings or something like yeah. that. But mm. then again, it is also. But you want to be true to a book, and the book was a young adult novel mm. one, which I haven't read yet. I've ordered. Yeah. It. I'm so excited. Oh, you have. Oh, and also, I can read a young adult novel. Let's see. Yay! <laughs> Super cute. Thanks again to all our beautiful revolters. We hope to see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> At our live show. Yes. <laughs> well, don't forget to buy tickets to our live show, which is on the 3rd of February at Evie's Disco Diner. Please buy your tickets at midsummer.org.au. <laughs> Get there early because uh, we're I'll be there be early having so. a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can make friends with those. If you're looking for those links or if you're looking to connect with the community. With the like, revolters. Like we've been talking oh. about. Join our Facebook like group. Just search The Gays Are Revolting on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Gays Revolting, or on Instagram, at Gays Revolting Pod. And uh, make sure you tune in for our next episode, because it will be our last one while we take oh. a, a very teeny tiny little Christmas New Year's break. It'll be yeah, our, yeah. our special Christmas episode. Yeah, our special Christmas. Yeah. Oh my God, are we doing a RuPaul Christmas special? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, sounds super scripted. Yeah. <laughs> as long as Eureka's not here. See you next week, bitches. Bye. 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.